But at the end of the day, they are not giving you the response you want because they either don't understand what you want from them, you're not giving them a reason to give you that response, or they are literally not capable of giving you that response right now. Welcome to the Dressage Connection podcast, where we are demystifying dressage training so your connection with your horse can flourish and you can start making sustainable momentum in your riding. I'm your host, Beth Carter, an Australian dressage trainer, coach, and the human behind BC Performance Horses with a passion for making correct dressage training understandable and accessible for every horse and rider. I believe that every horse benefits from dressage training, and I believe that it is possible to develop a horse that produces high quality work that scores well while still having an epic connection with your horse. I'm here to help you build foundations that will support you through the levels, own your role as your horse's trainer, and fall back in love with riding your horse. So put your foot in the stirrup, and let's build that dressage connection. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Dressage Connection podcast. I can't believe we're on our fifth episode already. That is so crazy. Time is just flying by. Before we get started today, I just wanted to take a moment to say a huge thank you to everyone who has supported the Dressage Connection so far. It really does mean the world to me. I am loving creating it so much and it makes me so happy to hear that you guys are loving listening to it as much as I am loving creating it. So if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure you follow, rate and review it because the more of you who do that, the more people the algorithm will share this podcast with. And the more people I'll be able to help find their dressage connection, which is the whole point of this podcast. So on to today's topic, responsiveness. More specifically, the tools you need to train your horse to become a responsive horse. Because dressage or any riding really is literally just a series of responses. Every single movement you ride at every level, no matter what you're doing, is just your horse responding to your aids. The more specific you can get your horse to respond off the lightest possible aid, the more effortless your riding is going to feel and look. Now I know you're probably thinking, but Beth, my horse isn't responsive, they'll never be able to feel responsive. And look, I feel you, we have all felt that frustration of, my horse isn't listening to me. We have all also been quick to throw on labels like lazy, spooky, hot, crazy, without a second thought, which is which allows us to make excuses that sound something like my horse can't do action because they are label what if i were to tell you that it didn't have to be this black and white what if i told you that with the right training every horse can be a responsive horse when you put on the label or you make the excuse you are creating limitations on what your horse is capable of because you're not doing anything to make it better but when you look at your horse's response and ask yourself Why is my horse not giving me the response I want? Then you can start to improve it. Because your horse isn't not giving you the response you want because they are inherently whatever label you've put on them. Sure, some horses are more willing naturally than others. But at the end of the day, they are not giving you the response you want because they either don't understand what you want from them, you're not giving them a reason to give you that response, or they are literally not capable of giving you that response right now. 
It's your job as your horse's trainer to figure out which of these things is the cause of your problem so that you can start making riding easier and more comfortable for both you and your horse. Something to remember is that horses don't just randomly decide to stop giving you the good responses, especially if that good response has been established previously. If you're doing all the right things, then there's usually some sort of pain issue going on that is well worth investigating. I personally work closely with a good physio, dentist, vet, farrier, saddle fitter and nutritionalist. So just to keep my horses feeling their best at all times and to make it easy for them to give me their best responses. I started working with a new student recently and before her first lesson, she told me that her young horse had started jacking up. When I arrived at this lesson, the first thing I noticed is that the saddle was lifting up quite a lot at the back and digging down into this horse's shoulders. The rider was feeling frustrated and nervous because of how backwards her horse was responding to her aids. After watching her ride for a bit, I asked her if she realized her saddle didn't fit and that because of the way it was balanced, it would actually be hurting her horse to go forwards, especially in canter. To which she told me that this whole problem had actually started in the canter and progressed from there, and that it also started when she changed from a different saddle into this one. So now we've changed the saddle to one that fits better, and I have the rider giving the horse lots of praise every time she offers even the tiniest forwards reaction. We are keeping the ride times to a length where they can finish on a good note, and when the horse does go back into that habit of saying no, which is becoming less and less, the rider is able to patiently ride the horse through these moments in a consistent way. So now the horse is becoming way more willing and responsive every single time I see her and the owner is starting to see that the horse isn't the stubborn young horse she told me she was, but in fact she was in pain and trying to communicate that. I had another client that when she first came to me told me, my horse doesn't stop. He doesn't take off. He doesn't go crazy. I always feel perfectly safe but he just doesn't slow down until he feels like it. She had worked with three different well-regarded coaches and no one had been able to help her. So I sat on her horse and we did walk-halt-walk transitions until he was halting mostly off my seat off one of the first aids. We repeated this process for weeks until the horse was able to halt immediately off one seat aid. When he was able to do that, then we introduced a few steps of trot. Then we halted again until he was able to give the reaction as well as he did it in walk. By breaking it down this way, we made it super simple for the horse to understand what my expectation from him was when I put on that aid. Because I was consistent. I corrected him when he didn't listen. We repeated the exercise until it became easy. I prepared him for the transitions and timed my aids to make it as easy as possible to do the right thing. I told him when he gave me the response I wanted, and my aids were clear, correct, and differentiated from any other aid that I put on. Within a few months, not only was this horse literally able to do canter halt transitions off his owner's seat only, the whole way he positioned his body changed and his whole attitude towards riding changed. He loved having the guidance and support and his rider actually felt in control of her horse and it wasn't by force, it was because he was actually finally listening to her. By the way, this horse is in his 20s so it's never too late to start training your responsiveness better.
Notice how in both these case studies, there wasn't one magic thing that changed and the horse started giving better responses. In both cases, and in every case, it takes a combination of what I like to call the components of responsiveness to build a responsive horse. These components are consistency, correction, repetition, feedback, timing, preparation, and clarity. Every single aid we ever train our horse, whether it be at young horse level or Grand Prix, we are training through these components. So I just want to take a bit of time to talk through these components um, and let's start with consistency. When we ride or spend time with our horses, we have to remember that we are training them at all times, whether we are intending to or not, which is why it's so important that we are consistent in what we do with them. Let's, let's picture if someone was really nice to you every day, they gave you chocolates, they let you do whatever you wanted to do with no negative feedback. Then one day they came in and started yelling at you and telling you everything that you were doing every single day was wrong. You need to do it a different way. Even though you were doing those same things every other day with no consequences, how confused would you be? Then what if the next day this person went back to their normal carefree self? You would be like, what on earth is going on here? You would probably feel a bit wary around that person and you wouldn't trust them as much. You wouldn't feel as comfortable around them, especially if every now and then they they transformed into this raving person that actually had standards and boundaries when they normally don't care. You may even get a bit of an attitude towards this person. This is how your horse feels when you aren't consistent in how you train them. When you are consistent in how you train your horse to respond to your aids, then your horse is going to feel a whole lot more confident and happy to give you those good responses. Correction. For your horse to be able to consistently give you those good responses to your aids, you need to be able to correct them when they don't give you the response you want. I like to use something that I call a correction aid in these moments to teach the horse that I have a constant and clear set of expectations which builds an uncomplicated and coherent line of communication between myself and the horse that allows the horse to feel confident in me because they understand what I want from them. If I was to put on an ideal aid and the horse doesn't give me the reaction I want, what do I do next? Assuming the aid is correct and clear, which we'll talk more about in a minute, I'll want to follow up with a correction aid. So these correction aids, they're not necessarily a really harsh aid. What they are is kind of what I like to call a louder, more flamboyant aid that kind of gets the horse's attention when they don't respond to the ideal aid. For my correction aids, I like to play around with different types of kicks, ways of using and holding the whip, usually with more sound than bite, different transitions and body placements. Different horses respond better to different correction aids, so just have a play around and see what works best for you and your horse. Repetition. Ever heard of the saying, practice makes perfect? I prefer the adaption, practice makes progress. Because no one's ever ridden a 100% dressage test, but the more we practice and repeat the exercises, the closer we come to it. Every time you repeat something correctly, or if not with a correction, you are one, reinforcing to your horse your expectation of how you want them to complete the exercise in the future, 
and two, helping them become stronger in the exercise so that they find it easier and can eventually progress onto the next step with the correct foundations. Go back and think about when you were learning to do rising trot. For some of you that may be a long time ago, for others that may be more recent. When you're learning to do rising trot, it is really hard. You're trying to coordinate yourself to the rhythm of this big animal with a mind of its own. You really have to think about every single stride because it's just not natural for you yet and you're using all these new muscles. Then you start to get the idea of it and you have to start thinking about your diagonals too. But then think about how now you no longer have to think about the rising trot. You just do it naturally. How did you get here? Repetition. You didn't quit when it got hard and your legs were sore. You stuck it out and you kept practicing. It's the same for your horses when they learn something new. They have to repeat it a bunch of times with you clearly guiding them before it becomes easy for them mentally and physically. Only when the exercise becomes easy through repetition should you move on to the next step. Because why make it harder on yourself and your horse? Feedback. Something so important in training is to let your horse know when they've done the right thing. Otherwise, how are they ever going to know? There's the obvious ways to let your horse know when they've given you the response you want. A pat, a treat, a verbal acknowledgement. But there are also other ways to let your horse know when they've given you the desired response. Most importantly, taking the aid off when your horse offers the right response. If you continue to ask for the response once the horse has already given it to you, they're going to get frustrated and sour and eventually shut down. Or they're going to keep offering you different responses until they find something that turns the aid off. And if that doesn't happen, eventually the aid stops becoming effective and the horse just rotates through to becoming frustrated and sour and shutting down because they just don't know what you want. You can also let your horse know that they've given you the response you want by utilizing things like downwards transitions, walk breaks, activities your horse enjoys like hackouts, pig canters in two-point seat, jumping, etc. And you can even end the session. Because there are so many ways to praise your horse, it's really easy to accidentally praise them when they haven't given you the response you want yet which is why it's so important for you to be aware of all the actions your horse interprets as positive feedback so you can make sure you're praising them at the right time. For example, you're working on getting the suppleness in the canter, but it's hard work, so you decide to take a break before the horse gives you the response you are aiming for. While in your eyes you were tired, so you took a break, in your horse's eyes, they see it as they gave you the response you wanted and they got a break or a reward. That's why it's so important to know your forms of feedback. Get to know what your horse enjoys and use those things. And most importantly, know when to give that feedback so that it's clear to your horse what they did to earn that praise so they can replicate it the next time you put that aid on. Timing and preparation. Your aids mean nothing if you can't use them with the correct timing or you don't prepare your horse for the aid or you don't use an aid to, to prepare for the movement. As I started talking about in feedback, it's so important to know when to put on and take off your aids so you don't confuse your horse and make them sour or shut down, but also so you can maintain the correctness and the responsiveness within the movement. 
You need to feel the horse and know when the right time is to put on a little more leg, a little more seat, a little more rein, so that you can maintain those elements of the training pyramid within every response. Preparation comes from knowing the theory behind the movement. Timing comes from practicing and feeling that theory on your horse. Think about driving a manual car for the first time. You can't just change gears with no preparation. You need to bring the car to the right speed. Take your foot off the accelerator, put your foot on the clutch, change gears in the perfect moment, then balance the clutch and the accelerator again. It takes good preparation and timing that come from a perfect combination of theory and practice. This is how you need to think about change about the aids on your horse. You need to stop crunching the gears and start making seamless changes. Clarity. Above all, probably the most important component of responsiveness is the clarity of your aids. Because after all, how can you expect your horse to give you the right answer if you're asking the wrong questions? Think of it this way. You're in a maths class and your teacher says to you, what's two plus two? You say four and they say, no, it's five. That's pretty confusing because you answered the question that they asked you correctly. But what neither of you realize is that while they asked you what's two plus two, they actually meant to ask you and thought they asked you what's two plus three. This confusion is exactly how your horse feels when you put on the wrong aid and tell them off for doing exactly what you asked them to do which is why it's so important to look at yourself first and make sure you're not sending your horse mixed signals that can leave them feeling confused and sour in your training. It can literally take something as small as your weight being in the wrong seat bone to send your horse mixed signals. Each movement has an ideal aid that is different in some way to any other aid so that you can be super clear to your horse about what you want. Some of the aids are extremely similar, like the aids for canter and traver. Literally, if you train your horse to do one of these movements with the pressure off the wrong leg, then the aid will be exactly the same, and that is so confusing for your horse. Trust me, I have done this firsthand. I accidentally trained my mare to canter with the aid weight in the inside seat bone, inside leg passive at the girth, outside leg back and on which is literally the aid for Traver. So when I went to train my horse Traver, she cantered and I had to retrain the canter aid with the inside leg on instead of the outside. So then I could retrain the Traver response of the correct aid. It's so easy to accidentally misuse an aid. So if you've done it, don't feel bad about it. But it's also why it's always the first thing I check in myself and in my students if the horse isn't giving the right response. It's also why it's so important to know exactly what your legs, seat and hands should be doing in every movement. So you can be intentional about how you use each of these things within every movement. We won't be going through that in this episode today, but if you want a guide on exactly what to do with your legs, seat and hands within every movement, all laid out for you with video examples, then you are going to want to join my Build Your Responsive Horse Masterclass. What we've talked about today has just brushed the surface. Inside this two-hour masterclass, I am giving you all the tools you need to build responsiveness in your horse. You can sign up for Build Your Responsive Horse on its own or as a part of my foundational series and I'll add the links to both in the show notes 
with a podcast only exclusive discount code. If you want to chat about whether this masterclass or the series is the right fit for you, please don't hesitate to contact me on my social media, which is also linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Dressage Connection podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and leave a rating, review, or share a screenshot of this episode to your stories to help more people find their dressage connection. You can always reach out to me on Instagram with any questions about anything we've covered on the podcast, your own writing journey, or just to say hi at bc.performancehorses. You can also get the latest info about how you can work with me on my website, bcperformancehorses.com. I can't wait to hang out with you in the next episode, but in the meantime, go on and build that beautiful dressage connection 